that if somebody wants to improve his relationships, if one somebody wants to improve his uh, relationships, connection, because what? Let me ask you, what is not looking to stimulate the brain right now? We are looking to stimulate the heart right now. We want to open up our hearts and feel spirituality. And how are we going to do that? First, we have to understand what blocks us from 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 feeling spirituality. Why is it that we go through life mostly not spiritual, and even the spiritual part of life is boxed away in the shul, in the kaisel, in Oman, Reb Shaila, but everything else, there's no spirituality. You drive down the street, no spirituality. You go to business, you work, you're getting into the grind, you want to make a dollar. All the tires of spirituality out the door because I got to work with manipulation. I got to work with, I got to opportunity, seize, take, 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 wherever I can take. That's a steerer to spirituality. What is spirituality? So, and, okay. So really, what is it that blocks? So there must be something blocking us. Why? Because we all believe that Hashem created the world. We're going to go with religion. Even though I can give this the same speech without religion, from a place of giving, giving, which really is what it's all about. What's what's what is Hashem created the world for? What? What's the purpose of creation? Why did Hashem create the world? What do you need the world for? If you want to go, uh, I'll tell you a word on it. I'll tell you a word on it also. We'll go drop Kabbaldik, okay? The world we know. That Hashem, the way to, the only way to call the Eivishter in a way that we can understand it is either the Creator, Master of the Universe, Akadosh um, Baruch. We have different names, but the real way in Kabbalah, the way the terminology of calling Hashem is to describe Him is. And it's not a description. It's only because of our limited way of understanding that we're limited and we cannot understand something. So we have to put a, a, a label to it, but the label is not doing justice to how big it is. We call it Ayr Ein Soif. Shem is called the light that's infinite, endless, doesn't end. Why light? Only because the only thing that we, the most gashmiyistic thing that we have in this world that has the ability to be endless in our conception is light. Light is endless. You go on top of a mountain and you, it's, the sun is shining clear day, you could see miles and miles and miles, no obstructions. So we know, even though we can't see, we're limited to whatever we can see, but we see so much that we know there's so much, so much more that it's infinite, we couldn't even grasp it because it's so infinite, wow. right? So that's called Ayr Ein Saif, which means infinite. So now, if something is infinite, Rabbanjah is infinite, how did he create the world that's finite? Everything in the world is finite, has a definition. No matter how big it is, there's a definition. The moon, the star, sun, it has a circumference, it has a dimension, it has a time, it has a place, it has something boxing it that keeps it finite. 
So the question is, if everything in this world is finite, and God is infinite, how could infinite create finite? Any piece that infinite makes is infinite, because it's a part of it. Because everything was infinite, it was all one. So it was all one. So Rizal explains. It's a very, very deep concept, but it's, but, and again, I'm not claiming to really understand it in depth, but I understand it in concept enough that it gives me the ability to believe. And together with my belief, with this concept, it gives me some kind of a window and a lens to be able to see, to understand spiritual understanding. That's why I'm going to the beginning of creation. So Hashem creates the world. How did he create the world? If he's infinite, again, well, how does infinite make finance? Arizal explains like this. These are the words. Tzimtzim esa'orlitzdadim. He constricted his light to the sides. And by constricting his light, there was a vacuum of his light in the center, and it became a chalal. Chalal means a emptiness, a vacuum. That a, a chalal means a hole. A hole, it's called, you know, so you ever heard the terminology of the black hole? Black hole. The black hole really comes, that terminology in its shayrish is coming from this concept of chalapani. What does the chalapani mean? That Hashem vacated and took away his light from everything and created one thing, space. In space, now there's a space where there is no infinite, and in, in that space where there's no more infinite, because there's a vacuum of infinite, of the infinite light, that's how finite, finite can be created. The yesh ayin that we understand, this concept of creating something from nothing, no thing to something, is the concept of this vacuum, this place of nothing. How does the world exist, though, if it doesn't have the light of Hashem. God had to give it, it could have been a place, it could have been, but how does it alive? What gives it life? What gives life? The only thing that could give something life is something divine, something spiritual. Why are we breathing? No science can explain anything why we're breathing. Nothing. There's no why do we breathe. That's the way, once you understand that you breathe in, you breathe out, the heart pumps, it circulates the blood, there's a brain, and there's a this, and there's a this, and that's how the system works. But no one explains how, or no one explains how the tree grows. We know that the seed goes into the ground, it gets fulfilled into the ground, and then afterwards it makes roots, and the roots bring it to the tree, and science knows the whole process of how it happens, but understanding how actually a seed becomes a tree, no science can understand that. Because there's nothing to, to to be able to explain it because it's something bigger than our peanut brain and any peanut brain to be able to grasp and understand just the function of the human being, how the human being is alive. Any human being. So we're not using this in any way to say we're explaining creation. Of anything that's in existence, that it, the root of it cannot be understood because the roots are God. Spirituality is the root of everything. Everything else is just garments and layers and layers and layers on top of something that's really a mo- the molecule. What's a molecule? What's a molecule? Energy. 
It's an, they call it an energy. What in the hell what is, is it? What is energy? Right. What is energy? How does energy exist? They cannot explain what it is. It's spirituality. That's what it is. So, so now, where is that spirituality coming from if there's no light of Hashem? If God's light, if he made a vacuum from his light, so how could there be light and vitality to everything that exists without Hashem? But where is it? How does it exist? If Hashem, we just said, he vacated his light. There's a vacuum of his light. There was a vacuum. So if there's a vacuum of God's light, how could anything exist in that vacuum? That's what he did. He took away his lights out. So there's a machloikus in Kabbalah. I don't remember who and who. But if you take a napkin, you take a glass, right? You take that napkin, you take a glass, even a cup, and you press it into the napkin, right? And then you take off the cup. What stays on the napkin? It leaves an imprint. So there are those that say that since this place once had the light of God in it, before it became this vacuum, so even though there was a vacuum, that light is called the Rishima, is strong enough and power enough to illuminate and give vitality and chiyas to the entire world. So the whole world is existing. So one second, let me just tell you. So one, one, one in Kabbalah says it's the imprint that's illuminating the world. There's another thing which I don't understand. I'm just repeating the words that the light that is outside the Ur-Ain-Sav created a vacuum. And there's light around it because it's Ur-Ain Sof. So just like you have a glass and you put a light around it, the light will illuminate through the glass. So the light from the outside is shining in through what they call Kavim, which I don't understand what that means. But whatever, that's the two ways of understanding this, how something that's Totally not ain't so. If there's no God, Hashem's light is is not here and it is here. We don't. So, so in 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 Reb Nachman's words, that's Kabbalah. So Reb Nachman is saying like this: that we know that the purpose of the world that was created was created for one purpose. Everything was created to bring honor to Hashem. What is what does that mean? To bring honor to Hashem. Shem created the world with a purpose. The purpose was to give him honor. If the purpose was to give him honor, that means the root and what's holding up the world and giving vitality constantly to the world is the purpose. Because if I want to build a house, and I want to build a house to live in, so everything I'm doing when I'm building that house is al-das that I'm going to live in. Of... Hashem created a world of spirituality where there is, which spirituality, be'etzem, is something that has no measurement, that has no box, there's no box to spirituality. It's endless, it's infinite. Really a paradox here. He's here, but I don't know where he is. I can never find him. Spirituality means, because it's endless, he's infinite, so I can never really get it. There's no ability for me to ever get something that's infinite while I'm finite. It says that Major Abenu, that he got to the biggest, highest madrega of anybody that a human being could get spiritually. He got to the place where Chetzi of Melamala, half of his goof, 
from the waist up was malach, spiritual. What's a malach? It's spiritual. It's not something that has a form and a look. There's no real look to a malach. There's a real spiritual look to it, but it's it's a spiritual look which could change for everybody. The same malach could look differently. You could see the same angel. I could, we all see and we see it differently. Why? Because there's no box to it. And Mechetzer from his waist down, he was a human. And that was the highest. And he had to die. His Estalkus, that's why by a tzaddik we call it Estalkus at tzaddik. Why is it called it that tzaddik is an Estalik? Because he doesn't really die. He gets, he gets elevated. He gets elevated out of his body, which is finite, into a place of infinite. And every single person, Be'etzem, goes through this, except that some of us, and most of us, we have to cleanse in order to get, because of all the layers that we distance us. Ultimately, the purpose of the world is to bring honor to Hashem. So really, now, if the world was created with a purpose to bring honor to Hashem, and that purpose is the vitality of the world, that's what's giving the spirituality, the energy into everything to exist, even the things that seemingly don't seem to be something that could bring honor or glory to Hashem's name, but they exist because the purpose of it is really to bring covenant. So the question is, if the purpose of the creation is to bring covenant, and every part of the creation has its own specific cover. That means Hashem, why are we alive? We're part of a global purpose of bringing cover to Hashem. But in order for us to be part of this global picture of bringing cover to Hashem, we need to have our own individual purpose that in, fits into our individual mission that will bring globally the biggest honor to Hashem, and ultimately that's what's going to bring Mashiach. That's what we're on this world for. That is the purpose of the creation. purpose of a creation is to bring honor to Hashem. Okay, so now come to His purpose that will fulfill His purpose and at the same time fulfill the global purpose. So, Rabbi Nachman says like this, and it's, 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 if you keep with me, I know we're going to go a little bit on a journey here, but at the end, you're going to walk away with a gift. A gift. It's a nuclear bomb gift that works. You just have to really, you have to, you really have to do it. And, and you have to practice it. And you have to exercise. You got to build the muscle, spiritual muscle with it. But the more you build your spiritual muscle with this, the more you're going to see that this is mamish a, this is a matana for life. This is what I'm about to tell you. But it's, you got to go on the journey. So we're going to go through a journey. Okay. Question is like this. If everything in the world was created for the purpose of bringing honor to Hashem, so how could something that's not bringing purpose, covered to Hashem, exist in the world? There should be nothing. If the world was created for a purpose, and God, who is the ultimate creator, created the world for the purpose, and the purpose is to bring Him honor, so how could something that doesn't bring honor exist? It, it has no schoskim if the purpose and Hashem, anything, you know, it says by the Aserza Dibris, that the first two Dibris, let me make the question stronger before you answer. I know you want to attempt to answer, but let me make the question stronger first. By the Aserza Dibris, it says that Moshe Rabbeinu, 
the the the, the, the says, I want to give the Torah. Moshe Ben comes to Klal Yisrael. The Abishah said he wants to give the uh, he wants to give the Torah. And what does Klal Yisrael answer? Kol Asher Yoyma Hashem Nas Kol Asher Diber Hashem Nasa Venishma. Famous words Nasa Venishma. Whatever Hashem is going to say is Nasa Venishma. So Rabbi Nachman says in a different Torah that the the there was a dialogue here. What was the dialogue? Moshe Rabbeinu came to Klai Yisrael and said, the Rabbi told me that he wants to give you the Torah. So, so Klai Yisrael answered to Moshe Rabbeinu, if the Rabbi is going to give us the Torah directly, there's no way that we can have free choice. If we hear the words of Hashem directly to us, it's impossible for us to do anything but the Ratz and Hashem because Hashem said, so if Hashem made a creation, and, and, and the way he made the creation, Hashem, Nasu. the world was created with Dvar Hashem, with Dibur. Hashem said, so if Hashem said there should be a world, and Hashem said there should be man, and Hashem said there should be animals, and there should be fish, and there should be all the things that are in the creation that Hashem said, there's no choice but to do what Hashem said. That's what Kaiser was saying, but it says, so if so, how is it possible for anything to exist in this world? If Hashem said everything is in creation, then the, how is it possible for something to exist? But the Not only are they not giving honor to Hashem, but they're going hepech from the honor of Hashem. They're doing the exact opposite of giving honor to Hashem. How could it exist? How does it have the ability to exist after Hashem said? What you're saying is that Be'etzem, the Averis, and the Mokam Avodah and the things, even things that don't bring honor to Hashem, that really don't have a real schus according to the way, if Hashem said that this thing should be created, it had one purpose, and the purpose was to bring honor to Hashem. So if it doesn't bring honor to Hashem, then it has no way of kim. So what you're saying is, really, everything has the ability to bring honor to Hashem. And it, it's choice to yes do it or to not do it. And that is really what you're saying, and that is 100% emes. But why? How does, what, 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 where? Even if that's true, why did Hashem do such a thing? Why did he give us this thing of where we're challenged that we need to choose in order to be, bring him honor to Hashem? What was wrong with we could have been created, the world was created just for honor, and everything would be serving him and bring him honor because that's what he said, and nothing has the ability to do anything different than what Hashem said. So Rabbi Nachman explains that there, the, how, the, the Mishnah says in Avos, how was the world created? The world was created by Asaram Amaros. It was created with ten times, if you open a Chumash from Bereshis to Shani, it says ten times the words Vayoymer Elikim. It says, means there should be a, a, a sky. It should be light. He said to the ground, sprout out from the ground. And all of a sudden, trees and grass and everything sprouted out. Everything sprouted out. So it says that the creation was created with ten mamarum. There were ten times that Hashem said, Vayoymer, and in each one of these components of the Bria, which seem to be components, even though the Bria 
in itself, in Bereshis, everything was created. In the word Bereshis, everything was created. However, then, once everything was created, now to give it its function and its place, everything though was created in the word Bereshis. When Hashem, when the word Bereshis is all the Mamarum. So he says like this. So anything that it says, the Hashem said, that has to bring honor to Hashem, because Hashem said. So if Hashem said, just like we said, when the Klai saw Hashem will tell us, we have no choice. So anything that Hashem said, has to bring cover to Hashem. That means it has a boundary. If it doesn't bring cover to Hashem, it can't be coming from that mind. So how could something that goes out of cover to Hashem be exist? There is something called the Maimar Asasim. What is the Maimar Asasim? The words Maimar Asasim means the, the, the Maimar that is unaccessible. It's not accessible. It's not just hidden. It's more than hidden. Hidden means it's hidden and I can reveal it. I could never reveal it. God created the world with saying, but he didn't say. Because Bereshus, the word Bereshus, which is the beginning, which is the first word of the Torah, and is the beginning of, represents the beginning of all creation, doesn't say Vayoymer. It doesn't say Vayoymer Bereshus. It says Bereshus. But it had to be that God created it. But that's the place, that's the place where the origination of creation is, where there was no Vayoymer. There was no, God didn't say, because there was no one to say to. There was, there was nothing existing yet that he was able to say something. So he had to make an existence without saying, even though, Bidvar Hashem Nasu, so it's called a Maimar Asosim. That means it's hidden. This Amira of God cannot be and can never be accessed. Can be accessed because he never said, because there was nothing to say to, but at the same time he did say. So it's, a par- so it's a paradox. And our brains cannot understand this contradiction, never will understand this contradiction, that's Amuna. The Shairish of Amuna is believing that both things can exist together even though in our brains it's impossible for it to exist together where he said and he didn't say. That doesn't make sense. Doesn't make, we cannot logically understand and we, we need not attempt to understand, we need to accept but once we understand that there's a concept of a paradox that lives together, things that are totally contradicting to itself could live together. For instance, I'll ask you a question. The creation of the world, was that a Eureka or was it an Aliyah? The world was created. Was it a Eureka or an Aliyah? But it's everything. The whole, everything is t- hinging on this world. Everything is waiting, the whole Pamalya Shamala is, everything is surrounded, the whole creation, everything is surrounded about this world's creation. A Yerida means a descent. An Aliyah means an ascent. In physicality, you could either be ascending, you could either be going higher, or you can go lower. There's no way that you could be going higher and lower at the same time. But the same way, that the origination of creation from one side was the biggest Yerida because Hashem made a vacuum of his light. So when you have infinite light and you have to go to a place of light, no, that's a big Yerida from, 
from from where it was. But a human could. But one second, one second, one second. Hear out this piece. But the same thing that made the Yerida made the biggest Aliyah because ultimately that's what Hashem wants. And that's the whole purpose. So even though it was a Yerida, it was a Yerida and an Aliyah that live together, even though the same way we can't understand that he's here and he's not here, the Yerida and the Aliyah live together. Says Rab Nachman, deeper. The paradox. The paradox of he never said and yet everything was created, so he so he must have said, but we can't access that same. The same time, at access, same thing, understand that there's a paradox of everything there. Because everything over there is unity. It's all one. There is no separation. So cannot, if only in this world did it descend and dilute into separations where it seemingly looks like this is going up and this is going down, but in essence, in its shayrish, in its origination, the place where the Aliyah and the Yerida came from was a place where the Aliyah and the Yerida were together, the Haraya, the creation was the Yerida and Aliyah together. It's out like this. That the origination of creation, which is the Maimar HaSosim, let's just label it, the place of that Maimar HaSosim is the place where the paradox lives together. And we accept it, we don't understand it. Says Reb Nachman like this, that when a person falls out of the boundaries of Kavad Hashem, so he doesn't really have a way to exist because the, the mimer that gave its Kavad Hashem said that he has to bring Kavad Hashem. So you don't have Kavad Hashem, you don't really have a Schuskim, you don't have a way to exist. But how does everything exist in the world that doesn't bring Kavad Hashem? Everything that exists in the world that doesn't bring Kavad Hashem is coming from the place of this Maimar Asosim. Why? Because this Maimar Asosim, since the Maimar, which is, Hashem said, is unaccessible, and since the purpose of creation was to bring honor to Hashem, so it must be that the honor of Hashem is also unaccessible. And since the honor of Hashem is unaccessible, something that's not bringing honor to Hashem, has a schus came from a place where the honor of Hashem is not accessible because now something outside the boundary of Kavad Hashem can exist. One more time. You got it? No. Okay. Again, if the, if the world was created for honoring Hashem, that means everything that exists in the world can only bring honor to Hashem. So that means there's a boundary if it doesn't bring honor to Hashem, it can't exist. Because the purpose of creation was, and the means, not only is the purpose, but the shayrish of it, that means what's giving it vitality, what's giving it life, what's giving it chiz, the whole entire time is to bring covet Hashem. So if it doesn't bring covet Hashem, boom, it ceases to exist. How could it exist? There has nothing, there's no lifeline, there's no pipeline, there's no oxygen, there's nothing. The terence is that since the origination of creation was a place where there was no vayoymer, where Hashem did not say, but yet He created, so that maimer asosim is unaccessible, which means the purpose of it is also unaccessible. It's there, but we can't. We don't know where it is. We can't find it. So since the covet, which is the purpose, is unaccessible, therefore anything that's not bringing covet to Hashem can get its chiz, can exist from the place where the purpose is not covered. Because even though the purpose is covered, 
but it's unaccessible. It's hidden. We cannot access that garment. You can understand that anything that's existing in the world that's not bringing cover to Hashem, if I strip it down and I'm able to go into the Patavadizara and I go and I go down to the molecule, I strip it down to its real source, what's underneath it? The biggest covenant Hashem, not just covenant Hashem, the covenant Hashem that made all the covenant Hashems. Says Rav Nachum, and this is the power, this is the bomb, here is the bomb, and this is the tool. So that means that when I fall out of the boundary of covenant of Hashem, which means I really don't have a way to exist, so why am I existing? Because I have an opportunity. Because to fall is an opportunity. Because when I fall, that is the place that I can surrender and go into the place, strip it down, and get to the real covenant Hashem. So how do I do this? And that, and if how do I, so it means, in concept, we all agree, now in Eli, you said it, Givaldi, that in sh- the shayrish of every Aveil, the shayrish of every Batei the shayrish of all the Mekayim and the shayrish of everything is really the cover, the biggest cover of Hashem, because it's the unaccessible cover of Hashem. It's not what the purpose, the individual purpose, but it's the global purpose. So every time I fall out of the boundary, I have an opportunity to tap in, to control all delete, factory reset on the entire creation, where I can say, now there's new cover of Hashem, new boundaries. There's a new vayoyma. I made a new Vayemer because I found Hashem in my Avera. I found Hashem in the place of Avera. I found Hashem in the worst place. Which is says, what's the way to go to this place and reset yourself? Not only reset yourself for the future and, and, and really be able to grow and connect to spirituality and to see spirituality in the places where you see no spirituality or you see the opposite of spirituality, the place is first of all to recognize how far I am from bringing honor to Hashem. Where am I? Where am I? My awareness. Where am I? The first thing is my awareness. Where am I? Rabbi My whole life, everything I did in 54 years was all around me and me, and me, and me, and me, and taking, and taking, and taking, I'm losing. Every time I took, every time I didn't, I went with my own intellect, and I relied on my cleverness to seize opportunity in business, in relationships, in everything that I did, all I was doing was distancing myself from the real purpose of creation, which is bringing honor to Hashem. So now I want to bring honor to Hashem. From now on, we're starting new tshuva. So what do I do? First thing is my awareness. Where am I? How far am I? I'm 54 years away from bringing Kavod Hashem. But now I realize that everything that I did, the reason why I'm in this hole is because I relied on my cleverness. And even the spiritual things that I did, it was all about me underneath. Ego, 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 ego all the time. You're 66. What do you do? Says Rabbi Nachman, and this is the words, and with this I leave you. The words you say is, Hashem, I know you're here. And even though normally this void triggers me to run to something of myself, my own ego, to get self-validation, to get self-glorification, and whether it is I'm going to run to the Gemara or I'm going to run to an Avera, either way I'm running to me. 
I'm running to be able to be a taker in some sort of thing because that's what I do when I feel a void. I need to take something to fill that void. Says Rav Nachman, recognize the void, accept the feeling, which is usually the feeling of failure, the feeling of, I, 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 that's the void, that's the feeling, the emotional feeling, on the, all emotional feelings are, is the feeling of failure. And accept the feeling of failure and say, you know, I failed. Why? Because I relied on myself and I didn't look for you. So now, what am I going to do? I'm going to say, I know you're here, but I don't know where. I know, I don't feel you, Hashem. I'm not feeling you. I'm feeling me. I'm feeling my personal feelings. I'm feeling, and where are you? And if you say the words, where are which is, where are you, Hashem? Rabbi Nachman says, not only are you stripping down the place and the Avera and the, whatever it is that you're in and everything, not only are you stripping it down and connecting to the real spirituality of the place, because that's the place of the origination of creation where he said, but we don't know where he said the paradox. I know you're here, but I don't know where you are. So by screaming, he says, screaming these words and being in pain and saying, I'm, oh, I want to run, I want to run, but no, Hashem, I know you're here. I just don't know where. Where are you, Hashem? I'm requesting, where are you? Says Rab Nachman, not only do you fix everything going forward, but you fix all your nefilas and your readers that you had in your entire life, because that's tshuva. Tshuva is acceptance of my distance, and I'm asking, where are you? And I'm really searching for you. That brings the biggest cover of Hashem. And that's what the purpose of creation, and that's what we were created for. And, and that's how the first Jew comes out from this Torah and many Torahs that I learned, that the avoider of getting close to spirituality is not doing. It's letting avoid, go. Avoid of... The part is letting go of the blocks. We're really blocked by ourselves, our ego. The real us is automatically doing covet Hashem because that's the purpose of our creation. We were created to bring only covet Hashem. The Nasa Adam, when it says Nasa Adam, which included Yossi, me, Eli, Meg, uh, what's your first name again? Srili and Maishi. We, we were created for one purpose and it's natural, instinctive in the real me, the real me that's underneath everything. That's all he wants to do. The problem is we're blocked. We're blocked and we're blocked and we're blocked and we're blocked. So if we let go of the blocks, that, and how do you let go of the blocks? By surrendering your seichel and saying, where are you? Hashem is there, Hashem is there, Hashem is there.